this week's episode, we discuss the new Star Wars number one, the great new Hawkeye title for Matthew Rosenberg, and the actual purpose behind Thor looking like Fabio. It's all happening now, Uncover Me. Everybody. Happy 2020. Welcome back to Cover B. This is our first official episode of the new 2020 year. Yep, of the 20s. The new, Ew. the neo 20s. I don't, I don't like it. I don't. The postmodern 20s. We're not, we're not the 20s though. Like I think 20s, I think Gatsby. I think like yeah. drowning in pools. I'm not drowning in a Strange pool this year. green lights off in the distance. Yeah. Old money versus new money. Yeah. Oh, well that, that hasn't changed. <clears throat> I want to start a, like, style movement a la, like, you know, there's, like, mod and, like, goth. Right. And, like, all the different subsets punk. of punk and goth. Yeah. I want to I wanna start a style movement called Neo Gatsby. I was thinking okay. about this the other day. Well, what was so that So it's going to be, like, you know, it'd be a mix of, like, the dapper, like, 20s styles, you know, like, jazz uh-huh. style mixed with, like, cyberpunk oh the music would be like like really bring in like some acid jazz as like the music so can i wear like lo-fi beats to chill and study <laughs> to i mean you're speaking malingi do spreckity you're yeah lingity. so like can i wear a lot of feathers yeah it, but they'd be like into feathers. feathers like metallic i already feathers. wear like a lot most of my wardrobe almost everything i wear is like gray or black like right now i am gray from head to toe so like me too gray and black and a shitload of shiny feathers. Yeah. I'm in. And then like chrome accent pieces or like gold bronze accent pieces. Coming to an Instagram near you. Yeah. Neo Gatsby. Neo Gatsby. So I'm what's dumb. your New Year's resolution, T? Eat less potato chips. <laughs> That's valid. Look, your goals have to be like, like obtainable and measurable yep. and, and reasonable and <clears throat> so it's not going to be just like, I'm going to lose weight because I've been trying yeah. to do that for like 15 years. And hey, spoiler, that shit never happens. So instead, I was like looking at all of the things that I do and have done. And this past year, 2019, remember how we talked about how aggressive it was? Well, in its aggression, I took up potato chips as a coping mechanism. And that's yep. not really a healthy, a heart-friendly way yeah, just stick to, like... to meth like everyone else. I know. Or Coke. Yeah, Coke's you know? a good one. No, actually, I'm eating a lot of pistachios now. <laughs> pistachios. Pistachios yeah. are delicious. She got a pistachio bowl. I it's did. A, it's a bowl specifically made for pistachios. It's true. It's super dope. It's got, like, the bowl on top where you put the nuts... And, and then, then when you like crack a side the shells, bowl. you dip them in this like side bowl. It's so cool. It's yeah, such that, a yeah. good idea. I and it's like she the perfect size. She was so excited size. about that. That's the kind of person she is. Well, what's your resolution? Uh, to go more than two weeks without being sick. <laughs> no, remember how I said they're supposed to be like obtainable I'm so and reasonable. Mad. I'm so mad. So T. And I got sick like two months ago and it was bad. It was like, like real bad, real bad. Like we were on our ass. She was out of work for like three days, three days. And I went into like a scarlet fever <laughs> moment towards the end. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of my night. And it was ugly. It was bad. And then she kind of continued being sick and I got better. And then because she was still sick, I got sick again like two weeks later because yeah. <laughs> it just lingered for her 
And so it just bounced back over to me. Or my my actual running theory is that while she was sick with the like bacterial viral thing, yeah, she got a bacterial thing, yeah, and that got passed on to me, yeah, and then we both finally started getting better. I I her, saw the light. Her at the cough end of the was finally dissipating. We <laughs> didn't have to worry about her having cough drops on the stream anymore. And on no, the they're still here. Anymore. Yep. Ooh, ASMR cough drops. <laughs> Welcome back to Hall's ASMR. Um, and so then we go down to my parents' house uh, to visit for Christmas, the weekend after Christmas. And my brother and his family are there. And he's got four little rug rats. We call them the litter. And uh, my nephew was coughing all weekend. And now my mom, my dad, myself, and T all have violent head colds. <laughs> I'm I'm so snorky. We played video games last night through live streaming, and <coughs> I sounded like Rudolph when yeah, he has the like has cap like the, on his yeah. nose. I'm cute. Yeah, like it was, it was rough. So here we are. In two months, I've been sick three separate times. Whatever. He's kind of just been continually sick. I'm just expecting to be sick until March. That's yeah. normally how that works. Like so, once the weather really flips, then I'll be fine. It's, but, it's, but the entirety of winter's gone. Here we are with you guys. It's a new year. We're going to talk about some new comics. Admittedly, after the huge freaking release in, uh, you know, around Christmas time, not much Yeah, there's week. not a ton. Uh, it was a but lot of, like, okay. you know, continuation issues and stuff like that. But uh, we still have some good stuff, It's but it's predominantly going to be all Marvel. So sorry, DC and Indie Peeps. Uh, that's just how it is. All right, so first book we want to talk about Star Wars number one. So yeah. Marvel has relaunched their Star Wars line as Marvel is wont to do. Uh, they're like, hey, here's a new number one, but it actually kind of makes sense as opposed to when they just like randomly cancel something at like issue twelve, and they're like, hey, here's a new number one because we want money. Um. <laughs> Basically, the previous Star Wars run reached a point where it was caught up, or I guess the writers felt like it was caught up to Empire Strikes Back. So the previous Star Wars run took place in between New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. Luke was with the Rebellion. Uh, Vader was trying to figure out who Luke was. That was a big part of a lot of the stories, and a lot of the stories centered around Leia taking Han and Luke and Chewie around to try to like garner support for the rebellion effectively then we catch up with everyone's going to Hoth like all the books and I think uh the kind of like umbrella story arc was destination Hoth um I wasn't reading admittedly the Star Wars books uh because they just got a little bit repetitive like each yeah. one kept ending each way. issue ended with like someone with a gun to Leia's head, and it was like, "Oh no!" But it was like, "We know, dude, I know it's gonna yet. happen." So I really only kept up. I kept up with the Darth Vader comics anytime those would come out, but those only ever made it to like issue twenty-five, and then they'd stop. Um, but I kept up with those because I felt like there was a lot of character development that could happen there because we didn't see a lot of Darth Vader's character development as he was Vader. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we saw Luke's and Leia's in the movies, right? You know. Um, and Hans, um, or Han, if you're Lando. Uh, 
Oh, Lando. But, like, Darth Vader, we, we saw Anakin, his character development, if you watch The Clone Wars. Right. But we didn't really see a lot of Darth Vader, like, I am now a robot man kind of <laughs> This is a weird life I'm so, living. Yeah, so I, I kept up with his books, and I really kept up with Dr. Aphra, because that's a new character. Yeah, if an issue ends different. with her in mortal peril, I'm legitimately like, could die. And then, like, it introduces characters I care about, and if they end an issue in mortal peril, or she does something shitty to them, which they was the running narrative, was her just being shitty to everybody, oh. then, like, huh, fair. you know, something bad could happen. Um, but now, here we are. Hoth has happened. Cloud City has happened. Luke has lost his hand. And that's where we pick up. And honestly, I'm really excited about this next story arc. It'll probably get to a point, honestly, where it's back to being like, you know, these are the characters you recognize, and uh-oh, they're in mortal peril, what might happen? But, like, this immediate moment is a really cool moment to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where it picks up. Literally picks up with Luke just having, like, an emotional moment on the Millennium Falcon, just having been rescued his hand just having been cut off been severed he's got just like this weird little like keep the blood in kind Droid of thing on his hand. yeah <laughs> and uh he hasn't even gotten his robo hand yet and that's where we pick up and i feel like that's kind of a point in time because the next time we see in the movies the next time we see these characters luke's gone full like I'm a friggin' Jedi now, dude. Kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's wearing all black, and he shows up at Jabba's place, and is like, I'll friggin' kill you, man. <laughs> you don't mess with the Jedi, cut you, boy. Um, <laughs> that's that was, my read on <laughs> Return of the Jedi. That's good. I liked it. Um, I you know, it and good. Leia is, like, going undercover, you know, and yeah. she's, like, all ready to be a badass, and, uh, you know, Han is frozen. So he didn't really do much in that period. Yeah. But effectively, they're all more, like, combat ready by the next movie. Yeah. Than really where they were at in At the Empire. end of that one, yeah. And Empire's one of my favorites. I know that's kind of the cliche. is like, oh, Empire's the best one. But it's the best one. Shut up. Um, <laughs> don't freaking at me, Return of the Jedi people. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I'm really excited to see kind of, like, the development. I think there's a lot of cool character development that can happen there. Yeah. And, like, you know, Luke doesn't go back to Yoda until Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, like, at what point in that, like, middle period does he train up to become, like, I'm the dude that's, like, flipping through the air in my Chanel boots in the Dune Sea above a Sarlacc pit, you know? How does yeah. he go from, like dude who got his hand sliced off by darth vader to like really confident seeming jedi guy you know so i had not read the previous star wars run at all um i came into comics after it had already started and so sure. i hadn't i basically when i started comics there was i had a very strong mentality of if it's not a number one i can't do it and so I was like, no, I'm fine. Um, so I picked up this. I read this one because it was in the house, admittedly. And my initial thought was, okay, I don't understand the purpose of this book. Because I was like, we know what happens. I don't get it. But then it broke into the parts of Star Wars that we don't get to see. The, like, 
actual strategic battle parts. Yeah. The actual and like, war. The part that really stuck out to me was that uh. the de- character development of Luke, this is really intense for me. And I, I don't know if Chris is going to agree with me, but the like, the in- explanation and like depiction of Luke in this and his like, whoa, my emotions are all aggro and like, oh my God, my life is so weird now. It helped coordinate a little bit with Luke that we see in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because emotionally, he kind of responds to stuff in the same way, which we hadn't seen in previous movies. Because, like he says, like we go from his arm is cut off to look at me, I'm a Jedi, papa. Yeah, yeah, and we don't see his like, oh my god, what am I doing with my love? What's happening? Like moody, aggro, whiny baby that he is in Last Jedi. Well, and um, you know, yeah, and so this kind of like him being kind of like, what's happening? really tied that into and i was all of a sudden like whoa this like one issue sort of justifies his like whiny baby behavior in last jedi kind of like entirely like oh um, this is standard luke this is just sort of what he does he has to get over his drama like uh, i was here for it you know in, in addition like the character like in addition to what i was saying about how we don't see luke's transition very well you know, just in the movies. Like, yeah. There's a big jump. Like, even his personality in Return of the Jedi Different. is honestly more akin to what we see in, like, Last Jedi, um, where he's, like, kind of surly. You yeah. know what I mean? A little bit less, like, he's very focused. He's like, I'm going to freaking defeat Darth Vader. Like, yeah. Pfft. But it's, like, this very cold, kind of clinical, you know, constantly moving towards that endpoint goal you know what i mean and um but we don't see him go from like this kind of somewhat naive still kind of farm boy like doe-eyed kind of really hopeful and that's in the in the first run of star wars like that's something that gets said to him a lot people call him like doe-eyed star boy like farm boy and like you know he's always super hopeful and super like head in the clouds kind of thing yeah and then all of a sudden we get to return in the Jedi and, you know, he's, like you said, whiny baby, kind of grumpy, kind of like. The word that I realized it is, is that in The Last Jedi, the only time we've ever seen Luke be impetuous. Yeah. and He's impetuous, how like 100%. He, how did he develop that? So I think there's there's better stories that could be told in this period than there were between New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back. Agreed. And totally so agreed. I'm, I'm really excited. And this first issue was really cool. It touched on, you know, hints of PTSD. Yep. It touched on uh, Leia being, like, a very independent character, which is something the other comics did. Like, the development of Leia in the comics is really, really cool. Um, because, and in the movies, the development of Leia is really, really cool. But it sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah. Because, admittedly... I hate to say this, but she is a female character, so people kind of just assume she's there. Yeah. The wrong people kind of just assume that she's there to be, like, love interest kind of thing. But, like, to Leia's a total freaking badass. You know uh, what I yeah. mean? Even in Return of the Jedi, when she's forced into, like, a metal bikini, she kills Jabba the Hutt. Like, she's the one that does that. She's you know, she doesn't, like, just because there's a distraction going on doesn't mean she needed anyone's help to do that. That's right. If... Luke and Han and Chewie all got tossed in that Sarlacc pit. 
we're left with the implication that Leia at some point would have murdered Jabba the Hutt <laughs> with her bare hands. Like, that's the thing, too. We're not talking, I have played Edge of the Empire. The soak on a hut is extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can take a ton of damage, and she meleeed that shit. You That's will, impressive. You will respectanize General Organa, okay? Yeah, right? Play the Star Wars RPG and try to fight a hut. It's and insane. And then come talk to me. It fight took, it with your bare hands. It took a murder hoboing droid and his it's true. effectively psychotic best friend <laughs> to, like, yeah. murdelate this dude while trapped in an elevator. It's the only way it was going to happen. <coughs> someday. Only way. Someday we should just do... A recanting. An episode where we do like a teleplay of our <laughs> our Star Wars adventures of Rick and Rex. Rick and Rex take the universe. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, Leia was always a badass character, but there is a lot of development. And I think, you know, between Empire and Return of the Jedi, there's a lot of development that can happen with her character. And we see that in this where literally like the Falcon shows up and this Imperial Admiral, it like shows up to this battle that's going on. And the Imperial, this Imperial Admiral's like, shoot that ship, Leia's in it, if we take her out, our lives will be easier, <laughs> you know? And also, Vader will be a very happy <clears throat> boy. Yeah. And so, like, you know, they keep their cool Imperial, like, complexion going, but, like, ultimately they're like, oh crap, we're terrified of Leia Organa, we need to take her out, you know what I mean? And she shows up and the entire Rebel fleet's like, yay, Leia's back! We're saved. Tell us what to do. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Have we been previously introduced to super badass empirical chick? Because I am here for her. Oh, the Admiral? She is dopeness. I don't know. Maybe. I like but her. Yeah, I, I don't she know. She is a bad... She don't, she don't care. She, like, goes to Darth Vader and has yeah. no problems being like, hey, this happened. Deal with it. Yeah, and she's he's like... like why did you let this happen? She's like, I didn't. It just happened. And I'm like, I mean, it's yeah, says, it says girl. a lot, says a lot that she goes to Darth Vader and she's like, hey, we basically failed. <laughs> and he doesn't rip her heart out of her chest. Right? That's like, what I'm saying. She's totally badass. I'm like, I yeah, like this chick. It says she's, a ton. She's cool. So this is a really cool start. I'm really excited about this series. If you, you know, are getting into Star Wars and admittedly, I think the last star wars book went like 75 issues so maybe you like wanted to dive in and you never found a good place this would be a really good place to dive in because you get in at the front and i absolutely like i said i honestly think the stories for this are going to be better overall oh i agree so all right so next on the docket is hawkeye free fall number one mm -hmm. um it's the new matthew rosenberg title yep i love this book oh, yeah? <laughs> It's such a me book. It's so good. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really cool. I really enjoyed it. I kind of didn't expect much. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. It's, it was fun. It's so cool because I feel like Hawkeye is such an interesting character because the fact that he's not like a powered Avenger, he's one of the like fancy Avengers characters. But in this case, he can be treated like one of the, like, street-level characters. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like a Defenders book written about an Avenger. Yeah. And I love that. I love when it's like, oh, hey, I'm just some dude. And now I'm taking on, like, 
this random mobster criminal douchebag. And I'm like, yeah, do it. That's great. That's interesting. I like this. This is fun. You could actually die. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, like, Thor and Scarlet Witch and people, but, like, most of the time, it's like, you ain't gonna die. You're a <laughs> yeah. god. Like, what? I'm not, I'm not concerned here. Nobody's afraid of this. But, like, Hawkeye could die. Hawkeye yeah. has died. Yeah. Hawkeye could die. And yeah. so, I really enjoy that sort of thing. And this kind of has, like, you know, like, the system failed people, so there's some, like, law and order kind of to it. Yeah, yeah, and, like. A- it's a side of that whole superhero stuff that you don't really see. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's super funny. It's super funny. They did a great job of, like, articulating what an absolute smart-ass douchebag Hawkeye yeah. is, which is great. Yeah. And then they partner him with Bucky and um, Falcon, which is great because the two of them – have like the same chemistry they do in the movies mm-hmm. and then they're coming at Hawkeye being all sassafras and it's just like it it kind of felt very MCU to me mm-hmm. like I don't know it was just fun and silly and like but like also kind of grimy and and there's cursing without cursing which I love and I don't yeah. know it was just really fun it's just a super fun book I was not anticipating a lot because personally my favorite Hawkeye is Kate Bishop. Just throwing that out there. Hashtag Kelly Thompson's my girl. Um, but like, this is great. This is great. I really yeah. enjoyed this. This is great. It's like a, the fun of Hawkeye is the casual arrogance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's there and it's like forefront in his character. Like it's it's the front of his character is his like casual arrogance. But like. <clears throat> he doesn't really necessarily take it all seriously. No. And there's no expectation of the audience to take it all seriously. Yeah. So, like, the arrogance is there, and it's kind of like an anchor point of the storytelling and the narrative and the narration. But, like, at no point is anyone expected to, like, really Believe buy it. into it. Yeah. Um, and th- that just makes it fun. Like, that <laughs> makes it a fun character to, to write in the right hands. And I think Matthew Rosenberg is doing a great job you know, getting that across. And I like that he's with Night Nurse. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of cool. And, like, because most of the time, admittedly, most of the time we see Hawkeye in cahoots either with random ladies and a numerous quantity of them or Bobby. Yeah. And so to have him more committed to someone specific and to have it be Night Nurse, who's awesome, that's just kind of fun. Like, she's just sort of a person, too. Like... And I am excited I to that. find out who Ronan is. Like, that would I, be I hope really be cool. A cool reveal. Yeah, I'm here for that. Too. Rosenberg tends to be one of those people that gets away with doing some really like shaken up stuff. Like, I mean, he was the one who did the uncanny run where basically everyone died. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So he has some clout with doing some like really shocking, you know, reveals. So Surprise! hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, the Ronin reveal is cool. And it's Surprise, like, the editors weren't paying attention to Hawkeye. Ha ha. <laughs> Take this. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So definitely pick up Hawkeye Fire Fall number one, um, the new Matthew Rosenberg title. I admittedly went to go look and be like, I know about Matthew Rosenberg. What have I read by him? And I don't know that I've read any of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been on big stuff. Like Chris said, Uncanny... Uh, X-Men, he's been on New Mutants, yeah. he's done, like, 
big swaths of the Punisher run. Like, he's he's a valuable part of the Marvel writing coalition. But I just never seem to have been mm-hmm. a part of his stuff. You just always kind of run parallel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see see what he got. Yeah. I'm here for it. Uh, not a number one, but I did want to mention X-Men <gasps> number four. Not a number one? Breaking uh, the code, man. Yeah, right. Uh, so I've talked about the various X-Men books, obviously, quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned, we had that big discussion about how Jonathan Hickman was being kind of absurdist on X-Men and New Mutants. Like, right. they were very kind of silly at yeah. moments. Um, this issue... I think really was a return to form of like the tone of House and Powers of X. Oh, um, and it nice. was just really cool. It was effectively it was um, uh, Professor X, Magneto, and Apocalypse going to like a coalition meeting of okay. various like representatives from various countries. Cool to talk about like what's the end result of this Krakoa thing, right? Um, and it was sovereignty. I mean, it was a huge dialogue book. Like, there was action happening in the background because one of the people on the coalition was trying to do something funky. So Don't be shady. Gorgon and Cyclops had to go fight people. But, like, ultimately, it was literally, and it was a Magneto-heavy, like, issue. Okay. Like, Charles speaks at the end, Apocalypse barely speaks, and usually it's just insulting Humies. Um, As he is wont to do. So it's like mainly Magneto just laying out on the table that mutants are better than humans. <laughs> We're going to non-aggressively take over the world. Deal with it. Uh, if you, you know, are concerned about that, then learn how to evolve and adapt. Tough but titties. You can't just say yeah. that? And he just, like, eats his meal. Like, this delicious steak gets brought to him, and he's just eating this steak, being like, hey, you know, we're going to use the money from our medicine to buy your media and all your corporations, and then eventually we'll buy you guys because everything has a price. And if you're pissed off about that, guess what? We learned it from watching you. So uh, suck it. Steak was good. Bye. And that's pretty much it. But it, Oh, my God! It's really... <laughs> Like I said, it's really a return to form. I think it, in terms of the X-Men, like just the X-Men title so far, I think this one does the best at really just like nailing down what this whole, what the point of this whole Krakoa thing, what the point of this whole Dawn of X thing yeah. that Hickman kicked off with House and Powers, uh, like what the overall point is, like where it's going to go. And it really establishes that, like, the X-Men aren't disillusioned anymore. Like, Charles at one point is like, I still want peace. Like, I still love humans, and I still want to work and live with humans. But we have to do that this way, you know? Can I ask a question? Yeah. How was Charles there? Uh, he got resurrected. Who did it? Uh, Jean. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it was going to be Jean. I knew she was the one. Yep, Charles is back. Okay. I just um, had to check because I have not been keeping up with the X-Men stuff, and yeah. I'm sure that there's so much that not all of our listeners are keeping up with the X-Men stuff, so I was just curious as to how he was existing again. Yep. Yeah, he's back. I figured somebody else had to know how to do the resurrection stuff. Yeah, she worked it out. So. That makes sense. Um, 
but yeah so it was it was a really cool book and i think like honestly if this kind of tone and this kind of direction of the x-men book keeps up uh it'll be a cool cool series but this might be one if you've kind of been like eh, wishy-washy on the whole x-men relaunch yeah this might be a good one to kind of pick up to decide wet your thirst yeah um and just kind of decide if it's something like if it's a direction you want to take going into this into this relaunch so fair enough so really my last book for this <coughs> week is donny cates's thor number one mm-hmm. it's finally here it's finally happening and all his fabio looking glory <laughs> and i i will succumb okay it has a point it does have a point it yes. has a point it was a surprising point and i think so okay here all right <laughs> let me let me break down this book a little bit i like it mm-hmm. but that inflection is intentional I am hesitant because I am a I I I am a purist for Aaron. Mm-hmm. I really like how Thor felt with Aaron. I liked the way he spoke. I liked the way he thought. I liked the way he presented himself. Donnie hasn't undone all of that, mm. but he brought back a little bit of Thor's how do I describe this he brought back a little bit of Thor's gruff tumbly ale drinking nature does that make sense yeah so like I feel like Thor was very elevated and self-aware with Aaron he was almost like Aaron almost brought him into being an intellectual okay whereas Donnie like he he still is not as confident he's not arrogant anymore which is great yeah um he's over emphasizing when he does something good because and you can tell that it's directly related to a lack of self-confidence which is great yeah and i'm glad that that has maintained i'm glad that donnie has stayed true to that aspect of new thor but he does feel more um yeah, like ale drinking Thor. Like okay. like like start a like he's less the Thor that was the wizened representative that had learned from his heirs and wanted to bring humanity in a better place. Yeah. And feels more like the guy who wants to kind of start a bar fight and drink a lot and maybe bone a chick or two. So well, I mean, he's King <clears throat> Thor now, you know. So right. he's got less to, less to work for, less to earn, you know. Yeah, he's super uncomfortable being King Thor, which I think is the thing that's helping to anchor Donnie's Thor and Aaron's, Aaron's Thor. Thor. Yeah. I think it helps kind of balance that. Like there is a transition there, and I'm okay with it. Um, he is really aggro toward Loki, though, which is not how I felt with Aaron's. Like, Aaron's Thor was, like, grumpy toward Loki, but always, like, you're still my brother and I still love you and I mm. still always. But, like, Donnie's Thor feels very, like, no, I hate you. Get out of my face. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, hey, now. <laughs> They're cool. They eventually save the universe. It's fine. Um, 
I am excited to see where this book takes off because it's a weird mishmash of like godliness Thor and cosmic-y stuff, <clears throat> mm-hmm. which is cool. I don't feel like we see that a lot. I mean, that's going to be Donny Cates' wheelhouse. So yeah. like, you know, you're going to get a good bit of cosmic hijinks out yeah. of this. You know? Well, and I thought it was interesting too because, and I, I don't know if maybe this had been like, back-end discussions or whatever but i just don't want thor to be a platform for donny cates's other stuff yeah and i i just want to make sure that there's like a cohesive plan because admittedly when like so a little bit of a spoiler sorry but galactus literally falls through the sky and like crushes as guardians oh (laughs) jeez And then Silver Surfer shows up at, like, a dinner discussion of, like, collected realm representatives. And Mm -hmm. is like, I know it's coming and it sucks. And so I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. I like how this is a very, like, grandiose type of Mm storyline. But, you know... You don't want it to just be a null vehicle. Yeah, Donnie yeah. gets Thor, and now it's immediately like, oh, you remember all those other books I wrote? Yeah. Here they are. And I was like, don't shoehorn your stuff into my book. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, though, like, if he does don't it... do that. As long as he does it well, yeah, it'll still it be... works. Because it could be presented as, like, Thor is the culminating point of these stories you which know could I mean? be cool and i'm cool with that and i'm and that's why i i said you know yeah. i like it with mild hesitation just because like i don't remember a thor book like aaron's thor was very cosmic and very like especially king thor was literally like chilling out in space and like you know god killers doing stuff and the yeah. sun's exploding and there's blackness usurping the universe and like it's super cosmic and epic and like whoa dope yeah. but like the actual cosmic characters you know what i mean mm-hmm. didn't really have a whole lot of involvement so i just don't want i think this will be really cool to see and i hope that it works and i feel like if anybody can make it work it's donnie i just don't want it to feel like thor's book is now not really about Thor. Yeah. They didn't present that in this first issue, but, sh- you know, short of all of a sudden shoving all of this cosmic-y stuff, it could. Mm. So I'm I'm hesitant, but I'm hopeful. I enjoyed the first issue. I'm not going to spoil it, but yes, looking like Fabio has a point. He didn't <laughs> have a, a choice. He goes yeah. from being like, Donnie kind of made him like extra rough and tumbly. Yeah. And I kind of liked it. And I was like, yeah, stay rough and tumbly. And then he turns into like Neo Gatsby looking Fabio thing. And I was like, I don't, I don't love the look, but I get it. And it's fine. I'm sure it'll it'll pan out. Um, Donnie, I mean, like is obviously an avid Thor reader for years. Because I mean, the whole reason we have Noel is because he looked at, like, a character in the background of a random, you know, Thor issue and was like, we're right about this guy. 
You know what I mean? Well, like, and he actually has like a whole like article in the back of the book where he talks about how when you become a comic book writer, you lose the the magic mm-hmm. of comics because it's less like, I wonder what's going to happen to this character in the next issue and more like, yo, dude, my friend wrote this and that was a really cool thing that he had done to this character. Yeah. yeah. So like it loses the magic, but that Thor never lost magic for him. Oh, that's cool. Which is also kind of a really special, sweet thing to say for Aaron. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that it had that impact. Um, I feel like they're bros because they pull from each other a lot. They did. And that's one of the reasons why I'm feeling okay about this because Aaron did. He was one of the few writers that was like, I'm going to talk about Null and I'm going to like, I'm going to throw this stuff in here and you can just deal with it because I think it's cool and it's happening. And I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Um, And Nick Klein's doing a beautiful job on this book. Like, Mm -hmm. beautiful. I love it. It looks great. I'm just, I'm just, I'm gingerly going into this maintaining my expectations okay fair i enough. just have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool cool well that's gonna do it for us guys thank you for listening uh we hope everybody's had a good 2020 so far yes uh if you want more cover b you can find us online at cover b podcast you can hear our previous episodes you can buy merch uh you can see episodes that we did that were for our real extras when we reviewed movies you can see our posts for our honorable mentions there may be an honorable mentions this week maybe not we've got like one book but it was kind of shimmer yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah probably not an honorable mentions this week to be honest but but um and then we're gonna be on social media you can find us on facebook and twitter at cover Me podcast mm. and we're also on instagram you yep. can find both of us which i'm going to change my instagram to be solely about neo gatsby there you go the neo gatsby instagram movement who needs cosplay yeah, yeah i'm gonna be dressed in feathers that are chrome it's gonna be great. Get ready to test the limits of your shadow bands, Instagram, because oh. Neo Gatsby's coming. We gotta, we gotta wrap this thing up so I can go over to Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Uh, I need Good. to buy me some feathers and some chrome, some spray paint, <laughs> and some feathers. All right, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Uh, get out there and do something fun this weekend, um, and we will see you next week for the next episode of Cover B. That's right. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>